All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm Tears of Price coming to you from Book Riot, and I'm really excited because this week I'm going to be diving into the stacks to talk about two great horror novels that you might not have heard of. So if you're looking for something kind of eerie, kind of spooky to read for this wonderful October season, I'm really excited to share these two books with you. Caveat, they're both out of print. However, they are still pretty readily available around the internet. And if you want to do a little bit of digging, if they sound good, these are two books that I personally think it's a little bit tragic that they've gone out of print because I really enjoyed them. And I've always made sure to hold on to copies of them um, so I could revisit them over the years. And so both are available as ebooks. Um, one is available as an audiobook. Um, and then you can usually find used copies for a pretty reasonable price online. And always check your library, especially in our library loan, because there might be libraries that still have them on the shelf. Um, and, you know, circulating library books and keeping reading these things keeps them on the shelves. So before I get into that, though, let's hear from our first sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Entangled Publishing's Red Tower Books, publisher of the smash hit Fourth Wing. You'll only cross these blades once in a page-turning new tale of revenge strategy and so many lies. Best-selling Red Tower Books is releasing its next year's will read that will capture your imagination and keep you guessing until the end. May Corlin's Five Broken Blades tells an intricate high-stakes tale of five total strangers united in a plot that will test their strength, wits, and courage. Each has their reasons, all have secrets. But while it's easy to portray a stranger, it's not so simple to stab a friend or a lover, okay, in the back. Now these five blades must choose between vengeance and one another. Pick up five broken blades by Mae Corlin for a thrilling, adventurous tale filled with risk, romance, adventure, and oh, so many lies. The relationships in it are complex and nuanced and involve everything from friends to enemies found in biological family and lovers and more. Thanks again to Entangled Publishing's Red Tower Books, publishers of the smash hit Fourth Wing for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by The Dial Press, publishers of The Prospects by KT Hoffman. The pressure cooker of minor league baseball leads to major chemistry in this exhilarating, sexy, and triumphant rivals-to-lovers debut romance. Gene Ionescu is the first openly trans player in professional baseball. He has nearly everything he's ever let himself dream of. That is, until Luis Estrada, Gene's former teammate and current rival, gets traded to the Beavers. Now, Gene and Louise can't manage a civil conversation off the field or a competent play on it, but in the closed confines of dugout benches and roadie buses, they begrudgingly rediscover a comfortable rhythm. As the two grow closer, the tension between them turns electric and their chemistry spills past the confines of the stadium. So this is one of the first adult rom-coms published by a major publishing house centering a gay trans man by a gay trans man. It also has ADHD and anxiety representation and some joyful, heartfelt moments. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to The Dial Press, publishers of The Prospects by KT Hoffman for sponsoring this episode. All right. So my first pick is Bleeding Violet by Dia Reeves. And this book came out, I want to say like 2010. So it is on the older side. Um, it is technically a young adult book, although I do remember reading it when it first came out in 2010 and being like, 
ooh, this is like kind of intense for YA. Maybe we wouldn't think of it as kind of intense for YA in 2022, but in 2010, it definitely felt like that. So it is about Hannah. She is a biracial teenager. She's Finnish on her, I think it's her father's side. Um, And then she's also African-American, I believe on her mom's side. And she's very eccentric, to put it lightly. Um, She does live with mental illness and she... Um, I believe she has bipolar disorder, if I'm remembering correctly. It's been a couple of years since I read this book. Um, But she also has these hallucinations. And in the hallucinations, she can talk to her dead dad. And she's just a really weird kid. Like, um, you know, that that line from The Craft, we are the weirdos, mister. Like, I feel like that definitely encompasses Hannah's vibe here. So her aunt tries to sent her to a mental institution and she decides, nope, not going to have that. And instead she decides to go to Portero, Texas to find her mother, whom she's never met, but she is all of a sudden very curious about her. And so in Portero, this is a place where like, I guess the veil between our world and the demonic world is very, very thin. So she shows up and she realizes that There are monsters here that they call lures, and there's monster hunters who are fighting the lures, and you can, like, open up gates to the other world with these keys that are just so happen to be made out of bones, and, you know, a normal person or a more, you know... I guess not normal, but if somebody who didn't have the background that Hannah has would probably be like, nope, and they would head right out. But Hannah's like, okay, this is interesting. Um, I'm going to prove to my mom that I'm not scared and I have what it takes to live here. So she starts fighting these lures with the monster hunters and she starts proving herself and she even kind of uh, gets wrapped up in this romance with one prominent monster hunter and things seem to be looking okay, except for her mom is not so easily won over. So just a heads up, there is discussion of mental illness. There's lots of blood and violence. Um, there's sex. Um, Hannah's a character that like, you know, I really, I think what made her stand out to me in 2010 is she is really just somebody who's unfazed by monsters, by having to fight them. This was a pretty like sex positive book uh, from my recollections. When I first read it, it felt really sex positive because portrayals of sex like this were not really found in YA at the time. And yet she's also really struggling with a lot of insecurities and vulnerabilities. So this is a really strange, but really well-written, just fantastic book. So it is Bleeding Violet by Dia Reeves. And um, sadly, I believe that Dia Reeves only released like maybe two other books. One was called Slice of Cherry, which I remembered reading and not liking quite as well as Bleeding Violet, but it's still pretty good. And then the other one is miscreated, which I think she might have self-published. And I, I believe that Dear Reef sadly passed away. So um, that is unfortunate, but Bleeding Violet, totally excellent, definitely worth picking up. And I highly recommend it. My next pick is Frost by Mariana Bayer. 
And this one um, is also one that's over 10 years old. It came out in 2011. And it is a really good haunted house story, if you like haunted house um, type of horror novels. But it's like with a slight little twist to it. So it's about Lena. Lena is a boarding school student at this fancy New England prep school. And it's her senior year. And senior year is going to be fantastic because seniors get to live in nicer houses and nicer dorms their senior year. So this year, she and her best friends are living in Frost House, which is actually this old Victorian house that's really cute and cozy looking. And previously, only boys could live in the storm, but now they get to live here. And that's really exciting. However, on move-in day, Lena and her friends discover that they are not the only ones living in this house. They have been assigned a roommate. Her name is Celeste, and she is kind of weird, um, a little bit like aggressive, definitely not afraid of confrontation, and she definitely does not fit the vibe of the house that they are hoping for. Um, however, Celeste also has a brother named David, who's a transfer student, and he's really charming and nice and doesn't hurt that he's very good looking, and Lena really likes David, and they kind of hit it off. But unfortunately for her, as things are, you know, taking off with David, Celeste is growing more and more upset and confrontational within the house. And Lena, because she cares about David and and she doesn't want Celeste to feel necessarily unwelcome because of that, um, she is trying to play the peacekeeper. But... Then some really strange and weird stuff starts to happen. Um, You know, doors locking, furniture toppling over, like your classic sort of haunted house, subtle warning signs. And of course, Celeste thinks that it's all Lena and her friends who are trying to like scare her and make her believe that the house is haunted so that she'll run away and they can have the house to um, themselves. And soon Lena finds that like trying to basically keep the peace with everybody is not going to work because um, Frost House might actually be haunted. So this is a really great suspenseful read. I remember picking up an arc of this at VEA like over 10 years ago now and reading it on the subway back to um, my hotel where I was staying at. And oh my gosh, being like so chilled and unsettled by this book while also sitting in a crowded subway car that was like very, very hot, definitely gives you all of the eerie vibes. And of course, it's set during fall and winter when school is starting. So I think it's perfect for this time of year. And that one is actually, if you do e-reading, it is pretty cheap as an e-book. Unfortunately, it does not seem to have gotten a paperback release. I think it just came out on hardcover, but it's really excellent. And if there's ever a time to go back and rediscover this book, I think now is the time. Mariana Bear also has come out with a couple of YA books since then. Um, She has one coming out next spring that looks amazing. And I'm blanking on the title, but I'll put it in the show notes. So 
that is it for me today. I hope that you are all well stocked with books for the weekend ahead. Thank you so much to our sponsor for making this show possible. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com forward slash all the books. And if you enjoyed this podcast, show us some love by leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify because it helps other book lovers find us. And thanks as always to our lovely sound editor, Jen Zink. If you want to connect with me or see pictures of my books and cats, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Tirza Price. That's T-I-R-Z-A-H-P-R-I-C-E. And I will be back soon on a regular episode of All the Books with Liberty and with more backlist recommendations. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend.